Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because immediately before this recording, I, I had a burp in my throat and I had to let it out. And um, I'm glad I didn't get it on the recording. So uh, here we are. That's take how I'm going to start take this. Take two. That's how I'm going to start this show. <laughs> Talking about the burps. Woo! All right, let's get into it. It's episode 55. Uh, Want to start off with some losers of the week, Neil? Let's get it started. Loser. All right, Neil. Do you want to go first? Yeah, my loser of the week is... Uh, one Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans. And uh, the reason he's my loser of the week, Josh, is he is making headlines for not something he did, but something he didn't do. Something he didn't do, yeah. Um, I I did hear about this. Which is welcome new teammate CJ McCollum after the trade to the New Orleans Pelicans. And, um, you know, being the face of the franchise... This is something that you just can't have happen. You know what I mean? You you expect this person to be the leader. Yeah, I understand like he's really young, but like this is your franchise leader. You have veterans, you have all-star players joining your team and you can't even reach out to say, "Hey, welcome to the team." Zion's Williams off-court issues are catching up with him. They're really overshadowing the fact that he is this like revolutionary game-changing draft pick that they had a few years ago and honestly like it it's shaping up to be about him more than anything else zion feels like he is larger than life he feels like he is bigger than the team at this point and what i see happening right now is he's distancing himself from this franchise i don't see how this is going to continue unless he puts a stop to it unless he comes out and says hey this is not the case which he has yet to do I don't see how this is going to get any better between the two sides, between the franchise and Zion. Is he even showing up to games? Like, I haven't really seen any video or any pictures of him at games. You know what I mean? Like, he's just kind of... I mean, he sat out the whole season. Um, obviously, he's injured. He's probably going to get a second surgery. Um, but, like, yeah, this is the great a great way to just distance yourself from the team and obviously show how... Show your lack of investment in the team. I mean, it was reported yesterday that CJ McCollum told ESPN that the two have spoken. But is that a direct result of what JJ Reddick said on first take? Maybe. I just think, you know, like with the silence and the what you just said, the lack of appearances... There's a lot of people on this team that don't even know where this guy is or what he's doing or where he is in his rehab. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's evidently not going to return the season. Like we like I remember doing our fantasy draft and like him going in the first two rounds at some point in mm-hmm. the first two rounds thinking he was only going to be out for a few weeks. He's going to return after a couple weeks of rehab. I know he had surgery, but we're a couple weeks away from the end of the season. And he hasn't even appeared to be close to a return. So 
I don't know. We'll see what happens with him moving forward. But uh, my loser of the week, Zion Williamson. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Uh, my loser of the week, um, I feel like I've, I've made him my loser of the week a couple times. I feel like you have as well. But anytime I get to, to bash um, Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to take. Uh, so He's recently. On your hit list. This yeah, of course. Is he your most hated player in all of sports? Uh, oh, he's up there for sure. Along with um, maybe Brendan Gallagher, um, maybe Patrick Beverly, Brad Marchand, all of them. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers is definitely, definitely up there. Um, he recently made an Instagram post talking about, um, you know, just uh, I think he called it Monday Night Gratitude or something like that. And he just listed off all these things. He's all these people he's thankful for. Shailene Woodley being one of them. Devontae Adams being one of them. Jordan Love, um, Bakhtiari, like all these, a lot of players on the Green Bay Packers. And it it sounded very cryptic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it sounded like he was saying goodbye to the team. And it sounded like this was you know his his appreciation his his look back his reflection on the season saying that was a fun final season for me as a Green Bay Packer, or maybe that was a fun final season in the NFL. You know what I mean? Well, there's no way around it. If he if, if it is his final season, he's still under contract. So it's either he retires or he demands a trade. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else, right? Like, what else is he gonna do? No, no, but he can't I'm, sign with another team if he's under contract with the Packers. He can. No, I'm saying he can demand a trade, which is probably yeah. going to happen. Um, but it did. Reading the post, I've read it a couple times now. Um, just shaking my head the whole time, pretty much. Uh, and talking about, you know, him him saying, you know, how thankful he was for the season makes me think that he is retiring. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but it, it was pointing in that direction. Um, and my hero of the week is Shailene Woodley for getting away from Aaron Rodgers as quickly as she could. Cause you have to think, you know, like Aaron Rodgers talking about how he's, he's so anti-vax and he's so, um, you know, against, um, the whole vaccine mandates, you know, all of that, all of those mandates in general. And then Shailene Woodley being linked to him, obviously they were engaged, um, was it, was it her that ended the engagement, or was it Aaron Rodgers? I mean, we I don't know. We don't know. I don't think it was, was said. I don't think it was <laughs> said. I think they they made a post that they agreed to part ways, which is you know the. <laughs> it's like a team and their player. They agreed yeah to part exactly ways. mutually exactly. agreed to part ways. But Shailene Woodley was probably losing out on work because of this. Like mm-hmm. people were probably not wanting to work with her because because of the association. Because of the association, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that played a major part in it. I think anyone associated with Aaron Rodgers right now is, you know, kind of being shunned. But um, should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Did you, before we do move on, did you see um, Patrick Mahomes sitting at a courtside at a basketball game with his wife and giving his wife, um, you could see him speaking to his wife, but you, you couldn't really make out what he said to her uh-huh. and then you see his wife Brittany turn to her friend and with the stank face it's now a meme all over everywhere everywhere about her saying uh Patrick just told me I have resting bitch face and I need yeah, to fix it I think the quote was yeah, no yeah. more resting bitch yeah. face and then she like made a weird oh face. so good <clears throat> did you and hear then- did you hear about um him sitting down his his brother Jackson Mahomes and her yeah, is there, do you think that's true? I 
I hope so. I think it's true. I right? hope so. But literally telling them you can't come to games anymore. I also saw a meme with Patrick Mahomes looking at Aaron Rodgers as inspiration saying, you can mutually agree to part ways <laughs> if you're engaged. Yeah. Hell yeah. He yeah. needs to get out of that, man. Like his his wife and his brother, he needs to just do the Aaron Rodgers thing. I think that is the green light to disown your family when you have family that treats you like that. Imagine being and treats the games. Imagine like that. having like, a wife and having to tell yeah, a significant other of any sort and having to yeah. tell them not to associate themselves with you. Yeah, they've diminished Patrick Mahomes's like legacy so far. Yeah, like Literally, people want to see Patrick the... Mahomes lose because of the association. Exactly, exactly. Have you seen the Jackson Mahomes TikToks like on the memorial sites and stuff like that? It's fucked. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's the most the cringiest dancing too. Like, I can't stress how cringy it is. Just if you haven't seen it, just go to Jackson Mahomes TikTok. Yeah. And, oh my god. Um, but anyways, that's that. Uh, I'm sure Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes will be our losers of the week in future future episodes. But on to uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, what were your initial thoughts on this weekend? Like after the weekend happened, like uh, some initial thoughts? Because I've got honestly, some Honestly, like I don't really care about the All-Star Weekend. Like it, it's Josh Donaldson came out uh, yesterday or the day before and mm-hmm. said... Um, the NHL All-Star Game, the NBA All-Star Game, the NFL Pro Bowl, they're all jokes because no one really gives any effort whatsoever in these games. Mm-hmm. He also said it's different in baseball because it's hard to, you know, like relax and and play laid back and not try when a guy's throwing 100 miles an hour at you. It's also incentivized in the yeah. MLB, right? Like it's not it's not, there's no um, there's no winnings towards the rest of the season. Like there, obviously winnings for charity, yeah. um, which is something to play for, obviously. But there's no there's no standings um, for the rest of the season. Like yeah. if you were to make it like the MLB does and say like put the East versus the West and whoever wins wins home court advantage in the NBA Finals. Like that would be huge. That would be a game that you would want to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool what they're doing with with the draft and everything like that, and it's adding its own, it's adding its own element to it, um, its own fun element because obviously we all play fantasy sports and we all are included in these drafts, and to see these these superstars draft each other, I think is pretty cool. Um, but all in all, like the the nobody nobody actually tries in the NBA All Star game. Like you see Steph put up 50 points, which is, which is amazing. Like some of the shots he had were amazing, but like these shots were not contested. Like these shots, you know, like, you know how many open threes he had? If you're going to give Steph that many open threes, of course he's going to put up 50 points. 16 threes. 16 threes. Yeah. yeah. Which is a new record in the NBA All-Star game. But like these, these shots aren't contested people. Like, he's not going to be able to pull this off in any yeah, regular... fucking practice for him. Yeah, he's not going to be able to pull this off in any regular season game. The half-court shot he had where he turned around mid-shot was pretty fucking cool. I'm not going to lie. Where Trey Young actually went up to contest it, um, missed, Steph faked it, put it up, and then literally as it was in the air, turned around and started running back. Like, okay, that was one of the most badass things I've ever seen 
in an NBA All-Star game, let alone any game. And also the dunk competition. What were your thoughts on that? Probably the worst dunk competition ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. You know, and to, to no one's fault, like the, the, the individuals who are in this dunk competition, Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks ended up winning. Um, they just were not good competitors. Like they, they need to fix this dunk competition as soon as possible. But how do you fix it? Like, how do you how do you go about fixing it? Do you, you... you got to change the format. You got to limit the amount of attempts that these guys are doing. You know, like seeing a dunker attempt to dunk over and over and over again in a certain amount of time doesn't make sense. Like that, and then they finally hit it on on the seventh attempt. Like we're not wowed about that. Yeah, we want to see. You're not going to get up and scream when you see this player finally make a dunk after seven or eight tries. Yeah. Two attempts max. Yeah. If you fuck up on the two attempts, you're done. Like, get out of here. You got to have, I think you expand it, you know, bring it to 10 dunkers. You take the top, I don't know, top six. Have those six face off. Then you do the top two. Three rounds. Uh, one dunk each round. Limit the attempts. And we, we fucking need the creativity back. I remember seeing uh, uh, Blake Griffin dunking over a car. Over a car. You remember seeing him, like, this car just coming out, dunking over a car. Um, we remember, saw... Go remember ahead. even, like, Dwight Howard putting on the Superman costume and jumping from the free throw line. Gerald Green blowing out a cupcake. Yeah. On top of the rim. like Aaron like, Gordon jumping over a mascot who was on a Segway. Like, most of the time, like, right now, like, in this dunk competition, we're, we're seeing these dunkers attempt shit that's already been done. Yeah, like we they... need originality. Like I don't know what it is about. Maybe there's a rule that says, "Hey, you gotta keep it clean. You gotta no like, no like props or anything like that." But we're not seeing it, you know. And until that happens, maybe we go a year without a dunk competition, you know, because the allure isn't there anymore. You know, it was just boring. Everyone, you saw people walking out of the dunk competition because yeah. they didn't enjoy it. Kareem literally got up. There was a there's a meme of him literally getting up mid mid dunk competition, yeah. walking out because like and you, you you saw Shaq's face. I know <laughs> when they panned like, over to Shaq and he's like falling asleep. Oh the, yeah, him I'm, versus him compared in 2002 with the Vince Carter dunk competition yeah, with his little camcorder. camcorder. <laughs> uh, so different. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some hockey. Uh, we haven't talked hockey in a long time. Let's uh, let's talk some hockey. Before we get into our team, well, the team that plays TML. for the team that plays for the city that we live in, I wouldn't go so far as to say they're my team um, at the moment. But um, Martin Saint Louis, new hire, new head coach in the league, has taken over for the Montreal Canadiens and has rejuvenated this franchise and turned that turned the last um, couple weeks around for this team and. As even quoted saying that this team now has a new swagger, swagger. to them. And Marty St. Louis, everyone knows him. Uh, former New York Ranger, former uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I feel like people know him as a Tampa Bay Lightning player. I don't, I don't think they yeah. know him as the Ranger. <laughs> I think so you're saying I should have led with the Lightning. You should have led with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, he, he won how many cups with the Lightning? Two? 
two, I think. Former New York Ranger uh, All right. Martin Saint Louis um, has taken over this team. He has no coaching experience and has turned the franchise around quite a bit here. And um, for a last place team in the league, deservingly so, they suck. But are they a good team now that they have Martin St. Louis? Hey, they sucked last year too. They, I mean, everyone knows how lucky they got last year. No, they're to, not. <laughs> to the Stanley Cup Finals. Montreal Canadiens made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year because they were a good team, not because they were lucky. They, the same way the, the Toronto Maple Leafs don't make it out of the first round, it's because not of bad luck. It's unlucky. Because, no, no, no. It's because they can't finish off a series, let alone a game. The, Mont- the Toronto Maple Leafs have trouble with that, just like the Montreal Canadiens took advantage of that fact and made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And then, obviously, they didn't win the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, but every series, they were counted out because, you know, they weren't they weren't the better team, but then they went and beat out these teams. But that never happens. You it see, happened last year. It never happens. That's why I'm saying they got lucky. And I don't think they were a good team. I think they were led by some... some ridiculous playing by uh, one Carey Price Mm -hmm. who stood on his head that entire Leafs series and then got them all the way to the finals. And maybe that's what they're missing this season. Maybe that's why they're in last place is because they have no Carey Price. Exactly. Do you think Carey Price comes back this season? I don't think he does. I don't think there's a reason for him to come back. I think he can just take the entire year, get right, um, take as long as he needs. And if he's not mentally in a place to play, then don't force the issue. You don't think the Canadians can make a playoff spot? I don't think they... Uh, man, they're... Yeah, they're winning games right now with Marty St. Louis. I need to see... I but the inexperience will shine through. I think they're too far out of it. They just traded away their top goal scorer in Tyler Toffoli to Calgary. So are they going to sell? Are they they're gonna sellers. sellers. They're going to be there? huge sellers. This is a lost season for them. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings right now. They're... 34 points out. So you're of... saying there's a chance. <laughs> Actually, no, they're more than 34 points out. They're they're 34 points out of Columbus, who are just below the wildcard spot. Uh, but they're 44 points out <laughs> of, a playoff, of a playoff spot. So they're 22 games away. Wow, that's okay. I, was, I can't even believe that I was... They're going to give their uh, farm team an extended look. Guys like Cole Caulfield will be given more minutes uh, to shine. So you're going to see some rebuilding here over the <laughs> over the season, pretty much. Um, but they do have a very young team, and they do have a very skilled team. I think Cole Caulfield is one of the more skilled younger players in the league. Yeah. Um, and you saw it against the Leafs the other night with the with the he literally lit up the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they just didn't have an answer for him. And if he can continuously do that, if he can be consistent with his play, you know, like, and beginning of this season, obviously he got sent down to their AHL um, affiliate, um, their farm team, Mm -hmm. but he's thriving under Marty St. Louis. He's got what, seven, seven goals in his last five games or something like that. It's pretty good. So he's, he's doing well. And I think one of the reasons he's doing well is because he's got the inspiration of another small man who had major success in the NHL, in Marty St. Louis. I'm into that. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the Leafs? 
Yeah, yeah. We don't uh, we don't often talk about the Leafs um, recently on on this on this podcast. We've had some some major rants about the Leafs. We've uh, had some heartbreaking episodes. We've gone through some heartbreaking losses um, since uh, the start of this podcast. But um, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the Leafs. Um, what are your thoughts? I think you know I've got some thoughts, but I want to hear yours. What first. we're seeing here is. We're seeing the Leafs struggle here leading into the trade deadline. So if you're going to struggle at any time during the season, now would be the great time to do it because you're exposing what you need because you don't want this to have happen in the playoffs. And let's face it, the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. They need to prepare for it. They've started by making a few minor trades with Arizona this past week, trading for goalie Carter Hutton, trading for um, – they traded away – Richie. Yeah, they got rid of that contract, which was huge. They got a depth defenseman in there. They're probably going to buy out um, Zingle. Lushkin. Yeah, they're probably going to buy out Zingle, but they um, did. They they did. did. Mm-hmm. So it's already done. Yep. Uh, the Sharks picked him up. And he's already been picked up. Great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's still work to be done left on this team, especially on the defense side of things. Um, there are still players out there that they can go out and get, and it won't cost them a whole bunch of money. One name comes to mind is Keith Yandel. You know, he's only a $900,000 cap hit. He's only played in 49 games this season, but he's 35. He can still play. He was once considered a top defender in this league. So, I mean, they got to do some work. They need a top four defenseman. I think that's that's their main issue right now yeah. is they, they need a defenseman, especially with Jake Muzzin. Um, he's out now. He is out. Um, I think he's going to be out long term. Um, he just came back from a concussion. Um, he was out for sort of a lengthy period of time, but then he came back. And then he it was a, it was a really it wasn't it was an accidental hit. It was in the Montreal Canadiens game. Um, there was no malice to it, but he kind of just um, got caught up with a Montreal Canadiens player. And awkwardly fell on the ice, and his head hit the ice, um, which is never good to see. Uh, but it happened. Um, he stayed on the ice for quite a bit. Um, but he was able to skate off the ice um, on his own accord. But I think he's going to be out for a long, longer term right now. I think he needs to he needs to get right. He needs to make sure he's fully healed before coming back. But if the Leafs do place him on the long-term IR, it's it will free up cap space for them. Um, which will make the trade deadline a little bit more interesting. But I think um, you need to address the Justin Hall problem. Uh, you need to address the Dermot problem. They're they're just not living up to the expectation that was mm-hmm. given to them. Their def- their defense just can't like Morgan Riley can't run the whole show. Um, I do like Lubushkin. Um, he he's our new defenseman. He had a one slip up. Um, last night against Columbus, um, which ended up costing them um, a goal. But I, he, other than that, I think he did look good. Um, he's a younger guy. I think he's. I think he's going to do well. I do like Sandine. Um, I do like Lilligren. Um, but Justin Hall, I think he he needs to. He needs. He's to adequate. Him. I feel you know, like he is a top four defender, Justin Hall. But I feel like if you go out and get do a you, defend- do you have you been watching Leafs games recently? Yeah, he's been struggling. He's going through a cold spot here, but he is a top four defender. You know, he's he's not someone we want to be a top four in the playoffs. But you go out and get a guy like Damon Severson from New Jersey, or you know, any top stay at home defender. 
you go out and you get him. You know, and I don't know. The trade deadline is going to be really interesting, especially with the the injuries that the Leafs have sustained the last couple of days. Um, I personally would like to see them go out and add another forward. No, they don't need a forward. Just if you can't get a top defender, then you go out and you get a game-changing forward. Where would you put this forward? I, I seriously Why do not wouldn't think. they even kick the tires on someone like Evander Kane? How good would Evander Kane fit in on this team? I, I do not want Evander Kane on the Leafs <laughs> by any means. And I feel like you're just saying this shit now. But no, I... I he's gritty. He's, he, he's tearing it up for Edmonton right now. You can't deny that. But he's also drawing... He's not drawing penalties. He's getting penalties. Because of his gritty playing style. They'll take the, the bad with the good. Yeah, but you see, you if you see him play and you see him getting into scrums, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's also still rusty. He's still shaking. He, I mean, this is still considered preseason for him. I know, but he's got a chip on his shoulder now. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why the hell do you have a chip on your shoulder, dude? Like, you of all he's people... He's playing for a contract. He's only on a $1 million contract this year. No, but I'm saying, like, he's, he's getting in people's faces and he's throwing yeah. sucker punches and he's... He's doing these things. He's he's That's getting. What he does. That's who he is. Oh, I I hate. You don't that. like that playing style. I know. I, I know. I do like that playing style. I do like the gritty behavior, and I think, I think the Leafs do need a little bit more of that. Like there are too many times when when players go in and take an extra hack at Peter Morazic or Jack Campbell, and the Leafs just all stand around. Michael Bunting has been seriously impressing this season because um, of his playing style. Obviously, he's. Um, a great addition to the top or second line, but also because he's getting into people's faces and he's sticking up for other players and he's sticking up for himself. And I think that's going, it's not going unnoticed. Um, and I'm hoping that continues to spark um, something in the rest of the Leafs, but I'll give you a name that I feel would make the Leafs the best team in the league if they added, which shouldn't be too hard to add at the trade deadline. His name Sean Avery. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> I knew How, it. Get out of my mind. I like, knew it. <laughs> um, but that name is Claude Giroux. He's been heavily linked with the Leafs. If they add Claude Giroux, not only the fact that he's tough, uh, he can still score, he can defend his leadership. He's a cat. He's the, he's been the captain of Philly for the, for how long? He's a total package. If the Leafs can add him, then why not? You know what this reminds me of? Um, the Nick Foligno situation last season. Oh, no. No, it does. If you're talking about uh, acquiring a captain, acquiring a veteran captain who's a gritty player, um, is this not the same thing that happened last season with Nick Foligno? Cole Giroux is so much better than Nick Foligno. <laughs> okay, Nick Foligno's had a bad year this year, but last year he was on the same playing field as Cole Giroux. Really? Yeah. He's just not shining in Boston right now, which is where Fellini was playing. Uh, but when he was with Columbus, he he was the same player as Claude Giroux. They were almost identical in their playing styles and their stats. But um, we all know how that worked out, how the how the Fellino situation worked out for the Leafs last year. We gave up a first-round pick, which was going to be a later-round pick anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but that happened. So I, I don't think I don't know if you want to add a, a closure, a veteran center, a, a veteran captain from another team. I don't know. We'll see what the Leafs do here at trade deadline. 
But, you know, they've got to add some pieces. They can't stand pat like the Raptors did at the trade deadline. They've got to, they've got to add. You know, injuries are going to continue to mount. you got to have depth. You're, you can't rely on your farm team, right? Like, you're still developing these guys. Yeah. I, I think the Raptors did try to get something going at the deadline, though. Um, I, I think the Leafs are going to make moves. I, I think Kyle Dubas is um, the smartest GM in the entire NHL. I think they're going to make some moves. Um, I think some of them, some of those moves are going to involve getting rid of some contracts, like the Nick Ritchie contract. And the thing I, the thing I love, the thing I was thinking about the other day um, when that when that news broke of the Nick Ritchie um, trade, was that what I love about Kyle Dubas is that he he knows when to quit players. That's one of the things that Lula Morello um, never understood. That's that's even Brian Burke never understood. When you when you get a player, when you acquire a player, when you draft a player, and they don't end up working out, it's just know when to give up on that player. Know when to ship yeah. that player out before their value gets too low. Before you can't really do anything with them. Before they're stuck on your team, pretty much. Yeah. And Kyle Dubas had a lot of praise for Nick Ritchie at the start of this season, um, and he he loved. He was very proud of that acquisition of Nick Ritchie but as the season went on we all watched the games we all saw how shit Nick Ritchie was um and Kyle Dubas understood that yeah Nick Ritchie for a lack of better words or better names Nick Ritchie was the Aaron Baines of the Maple Leafs he was the Aaron Baines I didn't think we'd we'd ever say (laughs) that name again on this podcast but here we are he was so bad that Aaron Baines had to come back from the depths of the fucking bottom of the sea yeah. where we never want to speak of him again. We, we revived him for and brought him back for this analogy. For this analogy. <laughs> Nick Ritchie was so bad. Like he, just, he deserves the Aaron Baines award. Yeah, fair. Yeah. And New award on on the show, the Aaron Baines. We award. gotta at the end of the season, we'll have the Aaron Baines award, and that'll be the person who just was the most relevant player on the entire team, but the worst player in all of sports history, Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines. But that beard though was pretty sick. Aaron Baines, what a tragic. But anyways, excuse of a basketball. Before player. Neil starts going off Where on is a rant, rampage, I actually don't know. I haven't. I actually haven't heard the name Aaron Baines in quite a, in quite a long time. I, he's definitely not playing in the NBA because we would have heard about it. Um, he's probably playing in Australia or New Zealand. But um, while Neil searches this up, the Nick Ritchie um, situation. Um, what I was saying is that Kyle Dubas knows when to quit a player, and he knows when to ship a player out. One of the stories, I don't know if you heard this, but um, one of the stories that Ryan Dezingle, um came out and said um, with that whole situation of the Leafs buying him out, the Leafs waving him, was that Sheldon Keefe actually called Dezingle on the day of the, the day the trade went through and he told him to stay in Arizona. And he called him and he was honest with him. And he said, listen, um, with just the situation, just um, the business of what's going on right now with our with our cap situation, with um with our intentions at the trade deadline, um we're we're going to place you on waivers. And Zingle came out and said, "You really don't see that a lot in this league. You don't see that honesty." Um, and he he said he appreciated that. He said he's he's never heard of that before. Um, and he 
that he was really appreciative transparency the transparency of it all yeah which uh, i think was really cool um did you find where aaron baines is playing he actually he had an injury he was playing in in the olympics mm-hmm. just last month and Wait, i don't the, even know if no, he was, not the, he was he playing in tokyo yeah um, he wasn't. He, wasn't, he had an injury up the that or? he had internal bleeding that was putting pressure on his spinal cord. Anyways, like he's he's likely retired now. But uh, I bet you feel like an asshole, right? Don't you? Not really. He's still <laughs> the worst player in Raptors history. Okay, the worst yeah. player in Raptors history. You think is Aaron Baines? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, Rafael Araujo is is. You know, probably a runner-up. Aaron if th- Baines. If you think about like the 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 Chris ratio, Humphreys is up there. As the well. ratio of how good they were supposed to be compared to how how bad they actually were. What about Bargnani? Bargnani wasn't that bad. Like he was, he was good. He was good for a few years. But he was what their their first overall draft pick was he not? Or their second overall draft pick? Oh my god! Like I think he's up there. You know with. He's got, I don't know. I, I think the worst Raptor of all time who had significant minutes is Aaron Baines. I don't know. The I worst think, starting Raptor of all time. Aaron I think Baines. we need to put, put this, uh, put this poll up on our, on our Instagram or something. Cause that he cannot be the worst Raptor of all time. He just got under your skin specifically. He, I mean, yeah, yeah, he did, but I still think he's one of the worst Raptors of all time. Anyways, getting and, back to getting back to hockey, finishing off on hockey here. Um, I think the Leafs are having one of the best seasons. Well, I mean they are. It's statistically they're having one of the best seasons um, in their history. After through fifty games, they've got the best record um, in their history, and people are freaking out right now because they just lost three in a row. It's gonna happen. The Leafs are gonna have these skids where they where they can't win them all, and they get into a little bit of a rut. A three-game losing skid is not a rut. A a three-game losing skid is, you know, okay, we have to make some changes, and like you were alluding to, if you're going to have this losing skid, now is the time to do it, right before the trade deadline. So you can assess these issues. And that's why you're seeing Sheldon Keefe play around with his lines a little bit to see what works and what doesn't. And these players that aren't working on these lines, we're probably going to see shipped out at the trade deadline. And so as much as I despise the Leafs currently, I'm still a Leafs fan. That was difficult to say. After everything that happened in the playoffs last year, after the first round exit, which is, you know, time and time and time and time again which is what happens to the Leafs Mm -hmm. I am still deep deep down a Leafs fan and when they win the next time if they ever win another playoff series that's when I'm going all in that's what I'm saying I'm a skeptic fan right now um, because I've seen this story so many times I've seen them have so much success in the regular season I've seen them look so good. I've seen them have uh, record-breaking player stats. I've seen Austin Matthews come so close to Rocket Richard Trophy. And then a first-round exit in the playoffs. 
So until they win that first round again, until they win that seven-game series against whoever it's going to be, probably Tampa because this playoff format is shit. Until they win that series, I am not going to go all in. But when they do win that series, oh, you're going to see me in a Leafs jersey every single day. That's what it'll take is is a series victory for you to start believing. That's it. That's it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch all the games. I'm going to watch the playoff games because, obviously, uh, sports are a major part of my life. And we're going to be talking about them so often on this podcast. But until they win that series, um, yeah, I'm going to be considered a skeptic fan. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm with you on there as well. You know, I, I have to see it to believe it. So it'll take, a, with you, you know, it'll take a series victory for me to start believing again. Yeah, I mean, in my lifetime, they made it to the Final Four. Yeah. But that's as far as they made it in my lifetime yeah. um, that I can remember. So uh, so I, I, I still feel confident in this team at the moment. They're going to have these losing skids. It's going to happen. For sure. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that is our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'll try and keep my burps to a minimum going forward. Uh, Just do some burpees. Yeah, you'll be all right. Is that how it works? Is that how it works? Burpees. burpees. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 